Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder at Chase Center 141-114 in probably the most perfect post-Steph injury game you could have asked for. You know, all weekend long, I felt like there was so much doom and gloom and pessimism. And, you know, I felt some of that too. You know, kind of like, how is this team going to make it work and whatnot? And again, this is just one game where the Warriors just happened to shoot the lights out of everything. But there were, in general, some uh, really positive signs, you know, (laughs) over the weekend. It was crazy to kind of see Warriors fandom not necessarily melt down, but there was a lot of angst and a lot of finger pointing and a lot of arguing back and forth about whose fault this season, whose fault this is, right? Do you lay it at the feet of Lacob, Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, the lotto picks, James Wiseman in particular, whomever else. And like, I feel however the season ends, uh, that story will be written. I mean, there's a lot of things you could point at. It's no one thing, in my opinion, but uh, that's for another another day uh, when it's all said and done, or at least closer to said and done. Over the weekend, you know, just thinking about this Warriors team and what this injury to Steph means, right? It's not clear exactly how long he's going to be out. People are saying uh, three weeks, a few weeks, multiple weeks, four weeks, whatever. And, you know, that's obviously a huge negative, but we've seen this team play decently without Steph. It happened towards the end of that stretch when he had the shoulder injury most recently. And then, of course, towards the end of last season, heading into the playoffs. And I think Steve Kerr's job is to really rally the the troops, rally the team. And this is an opportunity to basically refocus and recalibrate and uh, reframe the rest of the season, especially with Steph out. You know what I mean? It's like when everything's stacked against you, then that's the opportunity where a team can come together and really, really just fight for uh, the common goal, be re-energized by a new opportunity and a new challenge. So in this game, it seemed like they did that. They came out a little bit flat and that was concerning to me. I was like, whoa. Is this the team that we're going to get? And again, was understandable. And the Thunder, a bunch of young dudes who are (laughs) more and more impressive as uh, I see them every time. But they just came at the Warriors downhill and they came out hot. But uh, at a certain point in the second quarter, there was a lineup that Steve Kerr had, which was not doing well. I think it was Draymond, Moses Moody, Ty Jerome, um, Andrew Wiggins, and Dante DiVincenzo. And they weren't stopping anybody, and they weren't scoring. So I was like, whoa, this is not good. But then 
Steve Kerr, he stemmed that tide by subbing in Looney and Clay back into the game. And it just went from there. Honestly, just went from there. Clay got really hot. For them, he was hot in the first quarter. It's great to see it because in this stretch, just like the last stretch, December to January, where Steph was out, it was like it's it's Clay and Poole who are going to have to carry this team. And Clay obviously did that. I mean, the dude hit 12 for 16 from three, 15 for 22 overall in 33 minutes, 42 points. I mean, the record that he holds, you know, his record for the most threes in a game is 14. And they try, they tried their darndest to get him the ball, telegraphing passes that the Thunder were waiting for and intercepted like three or four in a row. So those are turnovers that will show up in the box score, but maybe shouldn't count. Either way, it gets the crowd going, it gets the team going. And guys are just hitting clutch shots left and right. So I think that's good. And we know that Clay is quote unquote back, but he just doesn't have that real consistency. Will it come back? I mean, I've said, you know, you'll get a stinker game from him, maybe one out of five games. So we'll see. We'll see. Jordan Poole, the much maligned amongst some Warriors fans, Jordan Poole. I was talking about that end of season run without Steph last year. And that's when Jordan Poole, of course, just he made a name for himself, right? That's where he just, you know, shot the lights out of everything. He led the uh, league in threes for that final month. And he really just showed that he could take it to that next level. And who knows, maybe this is the annual (laughs) Jordan Poole evolution or annual Jordan Poole leap. Again, it's just one game, but what we saw from him was what we've been wanting for so long, which is better decision-making. You know, uh, he had 12 assists on the night, 29 minutes, eight for 14 from the field, five for 10 from three, four boards. Like I said, 12 assists, four turnovers, 21 points, plus 28 on the night. He had the highest plus minus. Like I said, a few of those turnovers were him desperately trying to get the ball to clay in the fourth quarter so he could break his own record. And so I will you know, cross off at least two, maybe three of those. So this is what you want from him. You know what I mean? It's like he's had an up and down season shooting. He had a lot of those rough patches, and I'm sure he will continue to here and there, but he had a lot of them where those end of game situations that were just magnifying his uh, poor decisions where he would slip and fall, miss an open clay, try to play hero ball, all that stuff. And that's not what this team needs. The next evolution for Jordan Poole is consistency with his shooting, is consistently staying on his feet and not falling over, but consistently making the smart play, the simple play, the right play. And that's something that I talked about during that home stretch where he uh fumbled the ball away against the Hawks and then the Pistons and then the Orlando Magic and all those games. And I was like, it's the decision-making, you know? And this shows me that he can, right? He can do that. So is he aware enough 
to continue to do it. It seems like it because he was aware enough to be like, okay, this is what the team needs from me. He was deliberately passing the ball. He scored and he got his assist numbers. So if he can just continue to facilitate, uh, that would be huge for the Warriors because there aren't a lot of guys on this team who can truly, truly facilitate. There's a ton of guys that are tasked with bringing the ball up the court and just initiating the first pass of the offense. But without Steph, it's like you have Draymond, you have Poole, and even Steve Kerr said he's going to play Ty Jerome a bunch more, right? And, you know, I, I like Ty Jerome because he's actually a true point guard. He's 6'5". He's a true point guard. He's not the most athletic guy. He has relatively short arms, but because he's a true point guard who has size, that's why he's still in the league. And of course, there's Dante DiVincenzo. This is a big deal to have Jordan Poole be able to take that next leap. If he can continue to do that, then all signs point up. We'd been talking about how Poole has struggled this season, how Andrew Wiggins has struggled shooting, struggled getting back into rhythm. I mean, in this one, even though he was only one for five from three, eight for 15 overall, played really solid defense on Shea Gilgis-Alexander, got some really bad calls, I think, probably two gimme calls uh, that were just like star calls for for SGA. And it was like, you know, well, what are you going to do? It is what it is. So if these guys can focus like we've talked about, and if Kirk can get them to just look at the bigger picture and really, really rally around each other, then they definitely have a shot. After the Steph injury, I was like, you know what? <laughs> this team just needs to get into the tournament. They just need to get into the playoffs. If it's the plan, that's not ideal, but it is what it is. And we know that the starting lineup is, quote unquote, one of the top two lineups in the league in terms of plus minus, imperfect stat, but still. And then you add Poole, DiVincenzo, and Jonathan Kamenga. That top eight, as I've talked about since November, is really, really solid. And if you can fill out the ninth and tenth spots with a rotating cast of characters like Jamichael Green, James Wiseman, whether it's Lamb or Jerome, they keep on the regular roster. Or if it's Andre Godala who could sneak in there and pop in as like a ninth man or something every now and then. Just get into that postseason. And <laughs> if the Warriors are like a low seed, this would be the truest test of their whole like they've never lost a series when Steph, Clay, and Draymond have been healthy in the playoffs, you know? And if they can, you know, snag a road game <laughs> as they have in consecutive series, I think from the very first uh, title run, then that would be the crowning achievement of those guys' <laughs> playoff finals career. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Chips are down. You're coming down from like uh, a mediocre record and eighth, seventh, sixth, whatever seed, fifth seed. I don't know. And then playing on the road throughout the playoffs and then winning. I mean, getting ahead of myself, but just like, hey, that would be 
the wildest thing I could ever imagine. Again, you take it one game at a time. And so far, going back to my uh, wanting the Warriors to to finish out the pre-All-Star games, seven and three, they are now four and two in that stretch. And then I also said recently that in these final games after the Denver loss, I was like, can they go five and one to finish out the stretch, right? Because that's when they'd lost back-to-back games and there was a lot of like, you know, hand-wringing and and uh, doubts and stuff like that. And so far they're two and oh. So they just need to go three and one to get to five and one if you do the easy math. And I think they still can, but one game at a time. The Warriors, they got contributions up and down the roster in this one. I mean, Draymond Green had another just amazing leadership type game, 28 minutes, three for four from the field, 10 boards, four assists, three steals, two blocks, seven points. You know, uh, it's great to see him out there. And I've noticed this, that he's a little bit more even keel. And that's because he's so close to getting (laughs) Uh, a suspension for all of his technicals. And I said this like a couple of weeks ago because it was like kind of funny to see him take a different approach with the refs, like putting his arm around a ref at one point and just uh, laughing it up and all that jazz. But like, it's also important because with Steph out, if Draymond misses a game, they really don't have a chance probably of winning it. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Or at least the odds are drastically reduced. So I kind of keep my eye on that because it's something that uh, I think he probably is aware of as well. And they need him, you know, they need him on the court. I'm sure the coaching staff, Steve Kerr, (laughs) I'm sure they remind him is like, Hey, uh, don't get ejected and don't get suspended because we need you out there (laughs) no matter what. So that is good to see. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Is Steph going to go for 30? Is Clay going to hit five threes? Is James Wiseman going to play? Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Kerr went with Jamichael Green off the bench. 12 minutes, 5 for 7 from the field, 2 for 3 from 3. Three boards, one assist, 12 points plus 5. I will take that. That is two really good games back-to-back from that dude and two really good shooting games from him. He didn't play against OKC in the previous game in OKC. (laughs) And uh, I think that to me, it was like, yo, if if he's playing well, why don't you play him? Yeah. Especially some of these, against some of these younger teams, because what Jermichael Green has is toughness. He has like that, old man strength you know what i mean and he showed that tonight he wasn't afraid to like bump people you know knock them out the way and i think that's something that again he was a big question mark for me before he went down but i will take 
what he's given if this is how he's going to continue to play the rest of the season, more or less. I said after the last game that, hey, he must be hearing that uh, trade chatter of like the Warriors need a better center and whatever it takes to motivate you, I will uh, I will take. I'll roll with that because if he needs some motivation, cool. Because if he can do this, then it's feasible that the Warriors may not have to trade for somebody. I know there's a lot of people that are pining for Olenek, uh, Jakob Pertl, whatever. Uh, but it's kind of unlikely, especially with Steph going down, that a big trade is actually going to happen. I mean, people still talk about the Thibel for Moody type thing. Um, who knows? It could happen. A small, a smaller trade around the fringes or whatnot. But don't expect like a big splash with the uncertainty around Steph's injury. You know what I mean? But if Jamichael Green can give those minutes, uh, that's that's a big deal. I'd always said that if they had a center, a backup center who can give eight to twelve to fifteen minutes, then they're good to go. Because hey, that's a guy who can give. Draymond and Looney arrest. Those guys have been playing nonstop pretty much. And uh, that's why you have Jamichael Green. James Wiseman only got some garbage time, but he actually looked pretty good, right? I was actually disappointed he didn't get in earlier because, as I said after the last OKC game, I wanted to see him play against some of these smaller, younger dudes on the Thunder, especially Jalen Williams. But we didn't get that. Wiseman, he, you know, hit all three of his shots and they were nice, you know, a couple hooks, a couple moves in the paint, post moves, and they tried to get him the ball. Kamega tried to get him the ball twice. Once was a turnover, once uh, was a successful dump down. I think, again, that's promising too. While it was garbage minutes for five minutes, hey, he's got to keep showing that he. Uh, belongs that he deserves to be out there. He had two boards as well. So it was plus four, six minutes or six points. Again, garbage time. But hey, if Jamichael Green can give <laughs> 12 minutes and if James Wiseman in the right situation where Kerr or Draymond or whomever else can trust him, can get him out there and get Wiseman out there for, I don't know, Eight to fifteen on some nights. Who knows? That's the that's the goal to me. It's not going to happen in the next game. It's not going to happen before the All Star break, most likely. But you know, you're looking for that third center spot to have. If it's a two headed third center spot, then so be it. You know what I mean? Just having those guys, especially during the rest of the regular season, to give Looney, give Draymond some breaks, man, you know, because they're going to need as much health, as much energy in the playoffs, because that's where it all really matters, right? I said all throughout last season that what the Warriors should be prioritizing is health, uh, getting the young guys and new guys ready for the bright lights of the postseason, and then seeding, right? Last season, it worked out because Steph came back from injury and they were healthy going into the playoffs. And then this season, same deal. Like I said at the very beginning, it's like, hey, get 
into the tournament, the playoffs, healthy. And honestly, all bets are off. Any team in the West is going to be worried about playing the Warriors. There's very few teams that have that deep playoff experience, that have the accomplishments and the pedigree to be like, no, we can handle this. You know what I mean? The Pelicans don't have it. The Timberwolves don't have it. The Kings don't have it. I mean, they have Mike Brown, but none of the players have it. Uh, The Grizzlies, (laughs) they're spiraling. And I think, obviously, that the Warriors kind of have their number and they're in their heads. And then even the Nuggets, they had the run in the bubble, but, you know, the Warriors beat them last season and they know what it means to play the Warriors in the playoffs. So the Warriors have a psychological advantage against pretty much any team in the West, uh, the majority of them at least, that would make it into the playoffs. So that's why you just got to get in. You know what I mean? You just got to get there. Jonathan Kaminga got the start in this one to keep Kevon Looney coming off the bench again. The lineup was Draymond, Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Jordan Poole. That's a fun lineup. You know what I mean? You got scoring, you got defense, uh, you got youth, and you have veteran play and leadership. So again, they start off a little bit cold, but I'd be curious to see that continue, to be honest. It's just a, it's a nice mix that I think is a uh, interesting wrinkle that Steve Kerr is going with in this one. And, you know, Looney off the bench, man, 22 minutes, 11 boards, four assists, four points, plus 21, plus 21 off the bench. You kidding me? (laughs) Um, That dude is solid. And, you know, him coming in in that second quarter to stem the the thunder, making their downhill runs. uh, That was, that was big because he just brought, a ton of defensive effort, a bunch of rebounding. And, um, you know, that dude is, even though he's only like 26 or something, that dude is old man strong for sure. We even had a Moses Moody sighting. Uh, he got some first half minutes and then he got in a garbage time, 11 minutes, two for four from the field, missed both of his threes, uh, plus nine, four points. Again, a lot of that was in garbage time, but he had a nice angry dunk. <laughs> in garbage time where he took it got the ball in the left corner at the three-point line and drove and went over somebody and threw it down two-handed and hung on the rim and and you could hear him shout so i'm sure there's a lot of angst there as well but you know this game was uh unique the warriors out rebounded the thunder 45 36 uh, they still fouled a bunch more, 17 to 10 fouls. You know, that's why they only were three of seven from the line. I mean, seven free throws. Yikes. I mean, that's that's not going to cut it, you know, uh, whereas the Thunder had 21 free throws. But what really obviously saved them is the insane 26 for 50 from three, 52% compared to the Thunder shooting 11 for 32, only 34%. And then overall, the Warriors were uh, 56 for 97 from the field, 57.7%. That's insane. So a great game. Again, obviously, they're not going to shoot this well all the time, but it's the defensive effort and you know, guys just stepping up. Wiggins making improvements, finding his rhythm on both ends. 
and um, Jordan Poole, again, making those better decisions and just being smarter. That's what he has to do. You know, like if this whole season for Jordan Poole up until now has been like ups and downs, starting lineup, coming off the bench, uh, turnovers, poor decisions, and then this is an opportunity to really lead the team. Because even earlier in the season when Steph was out and Poole was starting, it's like it's it's early in the season. But this is a critical part because they are just hovering around 500. They're two games over at 28 and 26 now, but but he has to be the one that can really, really like secure the ball. And, you know, because these games really, 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 really matter a lot more. So the Warriors, they head to Portland on Wednesday, then back to Chase Center for the Lakers on Saturday. And on Monday, after a couple of days off, they get the Wizards at home and then head to LA to play the Clippers on Valentine's Day. And then it's the all-star break. So if they can go three and one in that stretch, then I will be mightily, mightily happy. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs.